Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. In this episode, we're looking back at the first half of the year and picking out our favorites as well as hearing from special guests about their 2019 highlights. I'm Jake Cunningham, and I asked to get the top three film podcasters in a room to talk about the best films of the year. But sadly, it's just us! Oh, you! Oh, gosh, sorry. Uh, I'm happy to welcome Kelly Powell. Hello. And Sam Howlett. Hello. It's it's your core gang. It's your faves, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's your faves for your faves. Um, and we'll also be joined by some other faves. Uh, some of the members of Curzon's staff across various different sides of the business who are going to be telling us all about some of the best things that they've seen in the cinema this year. And we're going to start with the lovely Ed Frost. Ed is the theatrical marketing executive. He's mm -hmm. responsible for our beautiful in-fabric poster that went viral. Indeed. Congratulations. Edward, will you tell <laughs> us Will you Four tell more. us about the films that you've loved so far this year? Sure. Uh, so when you asked me the other day to uh, participate in this, the first thing that immediately sprung to mind is a film that I actually saw last year. My favorite film last year, but it got released theatrically in the UK this year, yeah. which is... Um, a film called Eighth Grade. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, as I said, I saw it at uh, Sundance Film Festival London last year. I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who. It's directed by a guy called Bo Burnham, mm -hmm. who, again, I didn't really have any idea about. He's a big YouTuber, but mm -hmm. that went straight over my head. So I went in it, went into it knowing very little about it, and I was just completely stunned by how incredible this film is and how deeply uh, uh, real and human and sad and funny and heartbreaking it, it's, it's incredible how how he gets it right like the the, the, yeah. the minutiae like the details completely and i think that's what made like the build-up of those little details mm. you know we can relate to as we've all been teenagers completely. and we've all kind of experienced that sort of coming of age that difficult transition into adulthood and like yeah yeah, yeah. and there's one scene a, a pool party which um I found very <laughs> actually quite relatable being <laughs> yeah. a, a gawky, lanky uh, preteen at, <laughs> at, at, at a pool party. Yeah, completely. Yeah, exposing bodily parts is a hard mm. thing when you're a teenager. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's also a story about a, uh, a father-daughter story as well. And that relationship between the two uh, is just so 
deeply profoundly moving there's a scene towards the end uh, around the bonfire which just i i bored my eyes out completely it's so sad but it's just but at the end it's so human isn't it so human yeah yeah but you come out of it thinking wow I know. And can you believe that's his first bloody film? I know, right? <laughs> How, like, it's not fair. No, completely. It's crazy. But I'm really interested to see what he does next, as well as um, the lead actress, Elsie Fisher, who, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, deserved every award going last year. Because yeah. for her, her first performance as well was just incredible. Mm, mm, agreed. Yeah. So that's top of my list. Yeah. Um, next one on your list? Uh, I still can't go over how incredible The Favourite is. Yeah. Even though it seems like... It was released last year, but it was this, this year, year, and I, I've yeah. seen it a few times now, and it's just, um, I, mean, I was a big fan of Yorgos Lanthimos' films anyway, but this is just on another level, and I'm glad that Olivia finally, Olivia Coleman finally was crowned mm-hmm. Oscar glory, yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's second on the list. Yeah. And, uh, at the risk of being very biased, I'm going to choose a couple of our films, <laughs> yeah. as you mentioned earlier, In Fabric, which um, is unlike anything I've or anyone's ever seen before. Um, I think at a time when superhero films obviously reign supreme and like red capes dominate everything, it's yeah. good to f- see a film about a, a red dress which literally kills people. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a fun one to work on, and um, it's just gone down very well. So yeah, yeah, that was a great one. And what are you looking forward to, Ed? Um, I don't think even think this has been dated yet, but it's. Um, Formerly titled Untitled Noah Baumbach Project. Okay. So <laughs> I'm a massive uh, Noah Baumbach fanboy anyway. Yeah. But um, so the prospect of any new film from his is very exciting. But yeah. um, this is, uh, and the cast alone is kind of. Who's in it? So he's got uh, Laura Dern, Adam Driver, and Scarlett Johansson. Oh. Um, all that's known is that it's about a an unfurling divorce that spans from New York City to. Los Angeles. Oh wow! Not the, not the uh, most enticing storyline, maybe, but um, with that cast, that cast alone, and yeah. also I love, and it's a Netflix film as well, so I'm not sure ah, how. I like his last one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Meyerowitz stories, yeah. which I completely adored. So. I loved that one, but yeah. I hated, hated Mistress America. Why? I don't know. I really didn't like that film. I like the first half, and then it just goes all. Bit. <sighs> it was so self-indulgent. <laughs> anyway, I, but I'm I'm all for him. I think I, I'm, I'll always watch what he's putting out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Also, uh, I look yeah. forward to the new, the new um, Safdie Brothers movie, Un- oh, yeah. Uncut Gems. Again, I don't think that's been dated here for the UK, but it's in the US on Christmas Day, so that's fun. Um, oh, so it'll probably come out next shortly year. Shortly afterwards, I yeah. hope. Um, so we released his previous, their, f- their previous film, uh, Good Time, back in 2017, which is... One of my favourites yeah, that year. Yeah, it's incredible. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Um, it's kind of, it's set in the Diamond District of New York and it stars Adam, Dri- Adam Driver, Adam Sandler. Okay, I, yeah, wish I was, was going to say Driver. Adam, Son- Adam, <laughs> Adam Driver's in everything. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they direct Adam Sandler. Interesting. Yeah, that was going to be yeah. interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and also I'm looking forward to um, the adaptation of the, uh, the Donna Tartt book, uh, The Goldfinch. The Goldfinch, yeah. Which I read a few years ago and has stayed with me and it's... Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they condense that mammoth, massive book, ma- massive <laughs> expand, expansive uh, narrative into a into a movie. So, but the trailer looks good. Yeah, it so does. I'm interesting to see what it they does. Do. Cool. Well, good films coming up for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Thank you, Ed. He's actually already spoiler alert picked one of my most anticipated films of 2019 as well. Mm. Yeah. 
Actually, he's picked like three of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that's a great selection by him, particularly in Fabric. Uh, if you haven't seen that already, do try and find that as quickly as possible. Uh, right, let's start going around the room. Sam, we'll start with you. You've mm-hmm. got three films. Yeah. Is, that's as many as you've seen this year, isn't it? I've only seen three films. Yeah, you're like Michael Owen. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? Shrek. Uh, Jurassic Park, I think. Uh, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I'd love to get my. Do you think that list podcast. has been updated since the, he said that? Uh, I, I think he did that interview in like 2012. So what would he have seen between now and then? Um, I bet he's seen uh, Fast and Furious 8. Yes, which isn't regarded as a great one. No. Uh, and I reckon he's like seen a mid-tier Marvel and was like, that's ah, not for me. He saw Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Sam, you've got three films for yeah. 2019 to pick. What are you gonna What are you gonna give us? Uh, well, I'm gonna start with uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Okay. That was probably the first film of the year that I really, really got on board with, and I think he it's a really hard job to follow up Get Out, and I don't think this disappointed me at all. Uh, this is a really broadly uh, f- audience-friendly horror film, uh, but with some complicated and complex themes going on under the surface, which all good horror films should do. Okay. I think it's a real great showcase for what Peel was good at on the sketch show. So he was good at combining things that are actually quite overtly political and quite uh, focused, but also really broadly comedic. And he chucks some scares in there as well. Uh, I think the doppelganger is quite a well-worn genre mainstay, but I think he does something new and interesting with it. And I found it scary. I found it funny. And it just really kept me engaged all the way through. I think Lupita Nyong'o gives an incredible dual performance. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah, I read a thing online yesterday just uh, asking people what are their biggest disappointments of the Mm. year. And someone commented at us, and whilst I I wouldn't agree that it's a disappointment at all, their main reasoning was it kind of dropping off after 45 minutes or so. Is that, would that be Um, fair to say? Dropping off in what do you quality? Oh, no. No, I think, no, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think it gets, it, it, it reaches a point where you kind of have to go like, Hold on, what's what's going on? And then at that point, you're like, okay, well, you're I'm, either going to go with I'm it either, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm and what I love is that I thought this film was just going to be a home invasion thriller based on the trailers and the poster and everything about it was just about that the the part in the home. And then when they leave the home, I was like, oh, okay, this is going somewhere. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's this massive worldwide event that we're seeing. But it's so focused on this the, the family. That doesn't feel like it's an epic film or anything like that. It still feels like a tight, small, almost claustrophobic horror film, even though it's this worldwide event. Okay. And talking of small, tight-knit groups of people, uh, well, actually, this could apply to yeah. <laughs> both. <laughs> both of your next film. What what are they? Uh, uh, okay, I'll uh, I'll pick a film that not many people have probably seen, and that's Support the Girls, which I luckily saw last year and absolutely loved it. This is Andrew Bajelski's comedy about a group of women that were in a Hooters style bar and it doesn't sound like that would be a good film because nothing really happens in it it's very kind of a day in the life of these workers those work in a bar but it's really really nice and really really funny and there's something so charming about it and it's Regina Hall and Hayley Lou Richardson who give fantastic performances a really kind of 
low-key, chill-out comedy about this group of workers. And it kind of came and went very quietly in the cinema, which is a shame because I think it's really a nice little sort of hidden gem mm. that you'd, you'd discover online one day or something. I think it's a really, really great film. Cool. And talking of hidden gems, there's there's one more film that uh, yeah. you're really championing for people to go out and watch. It's a shame that this film didn't work either. Yeah. Uh, this is um, Avengers colon Endgame. And <laughs> I had to pick this because, well, as we record, this has recently become the highest grossing film of all time. And, you know, I think uh, there's obviously a lot of scepticism around these films. People think, oh, they keep churning out these Marvel superhero films. And I think it felt like this was the one where people were like, OK, it's good. And I love it when films come out and they uh, feel like a real cultural moment and they feel like everyone sees them and everyone talks about them and... They're just these sort of pinpoints along sort of movie history, and this is another big pinpoint, I think. And yeah, I it's interesting it. that Marvel have announced their slate of upcoming yeah. films, and there's there's no Avengers to be seen on there, yeah. considering how big of a cultural moment this was. Uh, and I'm very curious. Well, I think to that see. cements it even more that they 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 can't do this again. Yeah, like they've done this big Avengers thing, and now and all their their slate was weird. <laughs> like yeah, it was. Yeah, I went. We won't go into it now, but have a look, and it's a really weird set of films. Yeah, mm. uh, very curious to see how that yeah. world or worlds mm. expands. Um, all right, uh, it's time to go to another member of staff. Uh, this is going to be Yelise, who has got uh, a tight collection of films including uh one that he's looking forward to which is another one that i'm so excited about just watch the trailer as soon as he mentions it so our our next hq personnel is ulysse kelber and uh, ulysse is our business affairs executive ulysse what has been your favorite films of the year so far so so far so i, I don't want to do some advertising for curzon but my favorite <laughs> film so far has been a curzon film oh. Okay. It's uh, Birds of Passage. Ah, yeah, that's a great one. By Ciro and Christina Gallego. So I saw it two times actually. I I was aware of the of their last film, Embrace of the Serpent. It's a very sad film, melancholic but beautiful as well. And uh, so this is a, their new film, last film, and it's about the arrival of the drug traffic in Colombia and how the um, uh, the Wayu tribe uh, sees this as an opportunity to to make money and grow, but also. Uh, unfortunately, as a, as a threat, and they 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 also had it as a threat, and they ended up kind of destroying their, themselves. And so it's a it's a tale that is it's told like a tale. It's told like a song. You have five chapters, and um, it's uh, the first part is kind of a gangster film, but with all the the you know what you could expect in a gangster film, like the suspense and guns and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that and it's it's really great it's beautifully done and and but there's so much more to it because then it, it unfolds as something else and um you're dreamy it's more dreamy it's more uh, supernatural yep and um the, the way they managed to to show the immensity and uh, I, I didn't i didn't you know catch that uh, as much under my first viewing Okay. And like the you know the way they shoot at some point uh, some birds flying, but they they shoot it in a kind of oblique way, okay. so the sky kind of looks bigger and everything looks bigger, and uh, the the characters at first they they are important, but as you go through the movie they. 
they begin to get smaller inside this big story mm. and uh it's it's mind-blowing really it's yeah. really really well crafted film isn't it yeah yeah it's yeah. just i really loved it Absolutely. it was one of my favorites oh, yeah? of the year so yeah. far definitely yeah I, in fact i really would like to see it again yeah and yeah. i hope that we have another viewing of it in the cinema so that i can see it because it, i think yeah. it is it's a spectacular film and to yeah. see it on the big screen is, is yeah it's great. really it's really worth it yeah, yeah. i agree <laughs> and and another one that's that's been good for you on your um, top top ten list so far. No, uh, yeah, I would uh, I'd like to speak about Maradona. Okay. So Asif Kapadia's uh, documentary. Um, it's uh, so if, even if you don't like football, you can you can be interested in that film. I'm, I mean, I like football, but like you know, average. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not a football fan. I, I didn't. It's not my generation. I didn't know much about Maradona, about mm. what he. I mean, I knew, of course, what kind of everybody knows, but not, not his his career and the details of his career. And uh, this this is so. Asif Kapadia is done. He's doing documentaries like like no one else, I guess, because mm. he uses only archive footage, and you have like voiceovers. Okay. Uh, so, but there is no like dull interview of today. You Talking know, heads, like today's yeah. personalities speaking about Maradona or stuff like that. There is nothing like that. Okay. It's only archive footage, so you are right in into it and right with Maradona and uh, there are like pictures and, and footage that you you couldn't imagine could I mean how can that exist it's really um, it's really weird like how can you have footage of Maradona uh, in her in a you know in his in his bedroom at home at night staring at himself in the mirror you have stuff like that I mean that you know how did they grab that how did they get that it's great because you know Maradona's life is is a you know, it's it's a movie in itself. It's 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 got everything. It's got all the drama mm. of human life, and that, that's <laughs> what I downs, that's what trials. I love about it. It's like yeah, it's like the rise and fall and redemption story, but and it's it's grandiose. It's it's incredible. And anything you particularly looking forward to? Um, yeah, so I, in, in September there is the new James Gray film. It's called Ad Astra mm-hmm. with uh, Brad Pitt, and I, I I really looking forward to that uh, because I I just love James Gray's films usually. I mean mm-hmm. maybe not all of them, but most of them really. And he has like a, you know a way of directing, and that is really beautiful. Uh, I really love the last one, the Lost City of Z. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's very. Well, it's beautifully shot and acted and made and just, you know, just a beautiful film that you can drown into, you can drown into it and, and completely forget about your life and everything. That That's what we, I mean, that's why we go to the cinema. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. yeah. And uh, I'm looking for, I just saw the trailer and it looks, it looks pretty, I don't know, really appealing to me. Uh, so it's a kind of science fiction film. Uh, it's a science fiction film about, about a, yeah. you know, uh, a guy who has to travel to the very far in space to kind of look for his father, who he thinks is dead, but some people think he's not, and uh, might it's be mysterious. Yes, it's yeah. very mysterious. Yeah, mm. it's very profound. It seems to be very, very profound. And uh, yeah, I, I like sci-fi as well. And I like I like directors that take risks and uh, that uh, that you know that try to be bold and and yeah. and show you something that you've not seen before and uh, that's what that's what it's all about yeah especially the ones that suck you in and take you yeah. along with it yeah i'm yeah. also looking forward to that one so let's see yeah. cool thanks yeah. really thank you there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Okay. Uh, so it's it's time for my picks, I think. I'm going to gonna slot in here. Um, I think with, with a couple of films, which uh, I've commonly referred to as the incel double bill, uh, which is Under the Silver Lake and Burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which uh, are two films that I, well, Under the Silver Lake in particular, I know, divided a lot of people. Uh, and I was really into it. I think it's one of the most interesting films of the year. And I totally got lost in it twice at the cinema. Uh, it's just this labyrinth of weirdness that doesn't really go anywhere. And I found it totally hypnotizing. I didn't uh, see it, you know. Oh, man, you've yeah. got, you've got to really see it. Worry. It's so odd. Um, I mean, when a film spawns a subreddit about <laughs> trying to unravel the film, you gotta like it. You got like he's at least put the effort in, even if you, if, even if you don't like the film, you can't deny that uh, he's put real effort into crafting this vision, which is full of wonderful characters like the Hobo King. Where do I find this film? <laughs> It's so weird. Some people um, absolutely hate yes, this film. Yes, uh, but I think that they makes just it, don't understand it. That makes it more interesting. Yeah, that people yeah. really hate it. Um, but second, I, I really I liked it the first time round, and then it totally clicked second time round as well because I'm off. Like House of Jack built was like this big practical joke on me, an audience member, and I didn't really go for it. But then this is doing the same thing, but I, I'm totally allowing it, and I don't know why. Um, but I, I will just keep going back and revisiting this film and uh, tunneling under the weird uh, LA that it's created. Uh, and there, then also Burning, which is a really, really lovely film that we spoke about on this podcast. Do go back and find that episode if you can. Uh, just about um, a man's obsession unraveling uh, in quite beautiful fashion uh, and another kind of long obsessive mystery to pair with under the silver lake uh yes yeah, so a very odd mm. but uh quite enticing double bill for me there and then my third pick would be a, a recent release that's apollo 11 which is still in cinemas now which i would say is the best thing uh that has come out this year absolutely yeah uh it's 90 minutes it is just incredible archive imagery of the Apollo space mission from uh, a few days before to landing on the moon mm. to a brief period afterwards. And it's the closest that 
us or anyone who wasn't born at that time will get to experiencing it. And despite the fact that we all know what happened, how it happened, that people got there, they got back, no one died, all was well. Uh, it's still the tensest thing that you yeah. can see at the cinema as well. It ties in nicely with what you were talking about uh, with uh, the Maradona mm. documentary where they're both made entirely of archive footage about things, you know, exactly what happened, but they really make you feel like you're watching it for the first time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that those are, those are my three picks. Um, and we've got a couple more guests as well here. So we're going to briefly talk to Fern about a couple... Uh, a couple of interesting picks, a couple of musical picks as well, um, as well as Caitlin, uh, who has got some really interesting choices there as well. So uh, mainstream Caitlin, God. Yeah, God. <laughs> uh, just copy Sam and pick Avengers. Uh, way to go. Uh, but also she's highlighting some upcoming releases too. Here's Fern and Caitlin. Fern Beatty, who is our HR office manager. Hmm. Fern. What has tickled your fancy so far this year? The first film that caught my attention was Extremely Evil, Shockingly Wicked and Vile. Um, mm-hmm. It's taken me a long time to remember that name. <laughs> I've called long. it all sorts of things. So I went to the premiere of that back in May or April, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I've been a true crime fan for absolutely years. I've spent most of my uni procrastinating by watching documentaries on Ted Bundy. So I was really excited to see it. And what I enjoyed about it, it was that it was shown from the perspective of the woman and not him, his his wife, who yeah. had no idea what was going on. Um, at times I found it would have been more interesting if we saw the gore, because I love that. However, I understand what the director was trying to do, yeah, show was, it from the woman's point of view. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a very different take on that, because that story has been told multiple times. Exactly. You know, it's very much um, in the public knowledge. So yeah. it was interesting to see it done from a different perspective. And sure. just after that documentary on Netflix came out as well. So it was like completely, you get both sides. Same person did the, both yeah. things. Yeah, Yeah, mad. And Ted Bundy, oh, Zach Efron's acting was phenomenal. They, I mean, they showed at the end, a clip of Ted Bundy and down to the facial expressions he absolutely nailed it there couldn't have been a better person to play the role I think so I enjoyed it yeah it was different yeah definitely definitely for Zachary Efron as well a yeah. different role yes yeah yeah definitely anything else um I went to see Wild Rose and that hit home a lot because it reminded me of the relationship how I think the relationship between my nan and my great nan was from what I've heard and Julie Waters who played um Rose's mum in the film was her performance was so touching you know that kind of tough love that you give your daughter who just got out of prison wanted to break free and go to Tennessee and become a famous singer but had two kids at home and the the mum was always picking up the slack um that hit home a lot when she still wanted her daughter to no spoilers but yeah to fulfill her dreams and how that came across um I cried I think a little at the end of that yeah and um, Jessie Buckley's performance, uh, her singing, she's just so raw. It was great. Can, can I, I just want to, can I just talk about Rocket Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, Okay. Yeah. So finally, mm-hmm. Rocket Man. I am a huge Elton John fan. Absolutely love him. So I knew even if the film was rubbish, I would have loved it. Um, but it didn't disappoint. I was in tears. I'm not a cryy person, by the way, but I was in tears. You're crying a lot like, this year. From the beginning. <laughs> I know. I'm very emotional this year. Um, from five minutes in, I had like, I was very emotional, had tears at the back of my eyes. I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't expecting it to be so such a musical, um, but it was great. It was interesting to know 
more about Elton John from the personal side of things and just hearing all those songs and the production. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I also really enjoyed that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to... Oh, it's out now. Tell it to the bees. It's um, a story about two women, yeah. which I always love. Yes. And how they get close over... I think one of them is the, the babysitter for the son. And she becomes close to the mum and the whole relationship there. I really want to see it. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, that's <laughs> a imminent it release. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Fred. You're welcome. Okie dokie. So, next is Caitlin Smith. Who, hello. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, Caitlin is our acquisitions and distribution executive. Caitlin, this year so far, what's been your best? Um, I find this a very difficult uh, activity because I see so many films and yeah. I often see them at like different times as well. So I was going through the list and I had like a really long list. Like I loved Burning and Diamantino and Birds of Passage and yeah. Hale County. But when I was thinking about it, there was a film that I saw really early on in the year called The Island of Hungry Ghosts, okay. which is a documentary um, set on Christmas Island, which is a uh, Australian territory. Though I think geographically it's probably closer to Indonesia. Okay. Um, to Java, um, so it's it's a documentary. It's sort of an it's a sort of a portrait of the island, um, and there are lots of shots of this this dense th- forest, which is sort of covers a lot of the island and there are these red crabs which migrate from the center of the island out to the sea probably to mate or something uh-huh. and it's really hypnotic and kind of atmospheric footage of these crabs migrating and then you sort of find out later that the crabs are protected and the locals are going to great lengths to stop them being run over basically so like everyone who has a car keeps a broom or a rake in their car and when there's a road piece of road where loads of crabs are gone and like <laughs> sweep the crabs out of the road oh, uh, and there's like park rangers who build bridges for the crabs so they can like get across the little streams and things like that yeah and then so you so you see a lot of that and then you also spend time with this um trauma counselor who works at a detention center on the island for uh, it's, it's a refugee sort of asylum okay. detention center and these moments are really you know they're heartbreaking she's sort of counseling these people who've t- taken very perilous journeys to get there and there's often held indefinitely or for like years in this detention center and it really starts to affect the the therapist it really starts to affect her and you spend quite a lot of time with her and her young family as they're exploring the island and she talks about the the strain it's having on on her emotionally yeah so there's that and then there's also these scenes um amongst the chinese community and they do like these sort of ritual offering burnings for the hungry ghosts which are their ancestors okay who when they originally came to the island were a lot of them weren't given proper burials so so it's all of these kind of disparate elements but like it's all connected to this idea of migration Mm. and you know over the past few years I've seen so many films about the refugee crisis and people being detained but I think the filmmakers took a really interesting approach because they're sort of looking at it from a different angle like it's hard to describe the you know like looking at the crabs and with like natural elements yeah and the Chinese rituals it's and it's all filmed in this really 
atmospheric, oblique way. There's no narration. There's no voiceover. Oh, right. It was quite objective. Yeah, yeah, it has themes, but they sort of wash over you. And I just think it's a perfect film because like every artistic decision the filmmakers made is beautiful and effective, yeah. but it relates to the, the themes of the film. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't even know that this film existed and oh. I now want to see it. <laughs> I don't know where you can see it. Yeah, this I is what know. you're meant to do on... Um, well, yeah. it's, it was originally distributed by was distributed or is distributed by home okay uh, artist film so i don't know yeah i have to check that out yeah <laughs> yeah i have to look into that yeah. okay and and another one that's that's sort of tickled your fancy another documentary which i really liked was hale county this morning this evening okay which was released by ica again like a quite uh, an impressionistic portrait of a community mm -hmm. so there's clearly a theme here for me yes um <laughs> it's good that you're picking all the documentaries i know yeah, right I there like was it. and i'm not like someone who loved I, I love documentaries but i don't you know just focus on them so i guess those yeah those are the two that just knocked me sideways a yeah. little bit when i saw them i think they're doing something different mm. Mm. i love it when documentaries do that yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, anything you're looking forward to particularly this year? Oh, yeah. Anything you've seen that we haven't seen <gasps> yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the scoop. Okay. So, well, I was lucky enough to see Parasite. Oh, yes. Which is coming uh, soon. Mm -hmm. Which won the Palme d'Or. And it's really, it's brilliant. It's, it's like a kind of class, um, I guess it's a satire really about a, poor family that infiltrate a very wealthy family in Korea but the direction is just so precise it's really funny mm -hmm. the use of music is great you're just compelled the whole time I saw it about 10 in the evening and was expecting to f just fall asleep yeah. and I was you know buzzing the whole way through oh, it's just uh, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire is also beautiful yeah we kind of expected that anyway because yeah. she's never like she always delivers Celine exactly. Siama <laughs> yeah look to things to look forward to definitely yeah. thanks Caitlin no problem thanks thanks Great. for having me no Bye. worries all right that brings us to Kelly how yes. you got three films from 2019 to pick right. what are they gonna be so one of my top picks w was also Burning. I just, I, I love that film so much. Um, and, and every time you watch it, I, I've saw it twice and the second time was just as riveting as the first and you pick up all sorts of different things um, and it just makes you think, you know, it just makes you think. You, like, mm. you don't know what's real, what isn't. It makes you question. So yeah, go yeah. back and listen to our, to our ep episode on that because we yeah. went in, we delved into detail there. And Stephen Yeun is in that and he's he's so good so in it. So good. Um, because for almost two and a half hours, he's playing a character who we kind of imagine from the protagonist's perspective what he is like. But it's such a neat performance that in a moment at the end of the film mm. you see his face change yeah. after an event and it suddenly flips the entire viewing of the film and that character so then that second time round it feels like a brand new film yeah. yeah 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 exactly exactly there's so much to to pick apart on that one um and also it's just beautiful um and then uh, another pick of mine would be mid 90s um i loved this film i really did uh I think it was a really, really good uh, debut film uh, by Jonah Hill. 
Uh, I thought the kids' performances were amazing. I loved the way it was put together. I loved the way it made me feel, how short it was. Yeah, <laughs> how, I, liked it. I liked how short it was. I really liked how short it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I just really enjoyed this film. Um, yeah, and it's got really lovely music. I went on holiday recently and... Um, we had to. We like did a collaborative playlist and uh, for the the house speaker, and uh, the vibe whenever any track from this came on was lovely. Yeah, it's great. really really good music. Uh, maybe that's my favourite thing about the film. <laughs> I really like the film. Yeah, I think it does a really good job of making it feel. For me, it didn't feel overly nostalgic for the nineties. It yeah. felt very like matter of fact. It didn't. It wasn't like oh Furbies or like. You know, yeah, it felt like too... a it felt like a lived in nineties yeah. rather yeah, yeah, than a remembered nineties. Yeah, yeah. it didn't feel. And I, I, this is no knock to Stranger Things, but Stranger Things eighties is very much an imagined version of the eighties. Like what? <laughs> I know. Sorry, <laughs> Stranger to Things isn't a documentary. Yeah, not everyone had like posters for the thing on their wall or was constantly rollerblading. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because everyone in Stranger Things, <laughs> you know, they do all their scenes on roller skates. <laughs> All right, uh, so you've got one more. Yeah, pick, yeah. So uh, this one I think will be um, it's a mu- was a much smaller film, um, but I got to interview Maggie Gyllenhaal for it, um, which was great. Um, this is the kindergarten teacher, we should say. <laughs> yeah, so I was building it up, Jake. Uh, yes, the kindergarten teacher, uh, which I thought was a really really thoughtful and clever and tight piece of work it's just really well crafted i think and and it, it, it's a um maggie gyllenhaal is amazing in it uh also again a little bit like burning like you don't know what to trust who to trust um whose perspective to to sort of you, you know you you're seeing it through uh the, the main character's perspective but it's untrustworthy um, and it's also a little bit of a the way it un- unfurls is is it's kind of like a thrillery um, has like that energy. Yeah, you uh, don't get many thrillers about primary school poetry teachers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're going to see well. one thriller <laughs> about that subject, <laughs> all right. Um, so it is a year of two halves. Uh, if you two could bring one film from the back end of 2019 and watch it right now. So not just something you're excited about, but like you're hungry for it, that you, if you could, you could just have it plopped right in front of you to watch straight away. I'm going to say it because I watched the trailer yesterday and I was like, I need to see that now. And it's uh, 21 Bridges. Yeah. I'm really excited look... for that. 21 Bridges? Yes. It does. I don't know what this is. Right. Ah. <laughs> so this is the Russo Brothers' Russo, first. Yeah. Not They're not directing it, but they're producing it because they've formed a production company. Basically with the money they got from making the Marvel films, they've made a production company and just are doing what they want and giving directors the chance to do what they want. And this is the first film from that studio called Agbo. Uh, 21 Bridges got Chadwick Boseman in it and please go on because we both watched the trailer on the same day and I was like this looks so good it's so it looks so good it's basically this cop who um, in, is investigating a cop murder basically um, and decides that it's it's been a setup and then he goes after these two killers basically and um um, goes rogue at one point and decides to, to close down the Manhattan. Um, close the bridges. Close, close the, the rivers. Bridges. Close the tunnels. 
Oh, right. So he's baning this joint. Yeah, so yeah. they close down Manhattan. Uh, close down the island. And then someone goes, what island? He goes, Manhattan. <laughs> but it looks like it looks a sort good. of old, a 90s mid-budget action thriller yeah. that isn't going straight to somewhere online. Okay, all right. And so I'm guessing for both of you, it's the same pick. You're both no, no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I won't pick that. Uh, I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm going to pick The Irishman because this film is still weirdly shrouded in a lot of... I feel like this film is shrouded in a lot of mystery and this film is like a really big deal that this film is happening, that Scorsese is making this kind of film. And every time there's another like announcement of a release day or something or like a festival lineup every the, the article always ends with still no word on the irishman because everyone's still like what's happening with the irishman what is the irishman going to look like what's mm. it going to be when are we going to see that and i really can't wait to see scorsese de niro pacino pesci all back together it could be a complete disaster as well like this old the uh, de-aging special effects could be a complete like calamity and look absolutely horrendous and especially if the film's like four hours long which i'm sure it will be yeah i'm always up for people doing weird stuff with visuals uh cats looks like a nightmare but i'm very excited is that your pick no it's not uh i I would like to see cats now though yeah oh god i'd love to imagine if you're like okay we're gonna watch cats now before they had time to fix things after (laughs) the trailer how can you fix perfection (laughs) uh my pick will be ad astra which uh is like Firmly in one of my favourite subgenres, space dads. Space dads. <laughs> uh, what else is a space dad film? Uh, Contact. Yeah. yeah, Interstellar is a great space dad good film. Good space dad film. Uh, Close Encounters. Good space dad film. Yeah, I think space dads where it's at, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and Ad Astro, if you have seen the trailer, you know that it looks amazing mm. as well. It does um, look great. And James Gray is such a good director. Lost City of Z was one of my favourite films from a couple of years ago, uh, and this looks. Very much kind of in the similar territory as well. Like it looks like a bit of a heart of darkness. We're going, mm. we're going out there to find this person who happens to be Tommy Lee Jones, uh, who is playing Brad Pitt's dad. And also, it's always it's young. He's a young space son. Like you don't think of Brad Pitt as being old enough to play a character who is a son, mm. which is going to be weird. But I'm very up. It's going to be it. weird. Yeah. Um. And it, like, there's these little bits on in the trailer that are so cool. Like two lunar rovers having a car chase, car chase car with chase a on gun. The moon. What? <laughs> uh, and then like a casino on the moon that looks like something out of AI. Yeah. Like so cool. Uh. Yeah. I, I'd go at Astro if I could watch anything. But what are your picks? Uh. What are the most anticipated films for you? Let us know on Twitter by tweeting at Curzon Cinemas. Uh. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Kelly. Yes. What's happening in the cinemas? Tell us about some events. There's some great ones uh, coming up. Uh, of Fish and Foe. Uh, there's a screening of that with the director Q and A at Soho on the 31st of July, and at Oxford on the 1st of August. So just go to curzoncinemas.com/events um, to book your tickets for those. And then we've also got Open City Dock Fest happening. In September, it's going to be happening at Curzon Soho, um, and tickets are now on sale for that. Go to curzoncinemas.com slash opencity for the schedule and to book your tickets. Yes, I'm very up for Open City. It's always a great program. Got to a couple of things last year, and I would highly recommend it. Take a chance on some weird docs if you can. Uh, Sam, what's happening on Home Cinema? Uh, on Home Cinema, you can still watch Harry Watt Lifts Only You, uh, which is really, really good. And 
You can catch up with a lot of the films we spoke about in this episode. So Burning is on home cinema, The Kindergarten Teacher, Birds of Passage, and we are eventually going to get Support the Girls as well, so you can catch up with that too. Great. All right. Uh, that's about it for this week. If it's your first time listening, do subscribe to the show. You can do that on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Uh, and if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review or comment. That would be absolutely lovely. Uh, in the meantime, you can keep up with all of us on Twitter. Actually, let's do Letterboxd because Letterbox, this, yeah. this week uh, is all about stuff that we've been watching this whole year. Uh, so I'm on Letterboxd, just Jake Cunningham, uh, which is pretty simple. Uh <laughs> Kelly, what are you on Letterboxd as? Um, Kelly P Triple E. Kelly P Triple E. It's also your rap name, isn't it's it? It's my rap name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what's your rap name? Well, I'm waiting for my rap name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know because my letterbox won't load. Oh, okay. Let me find out what your letterbox is. Hang on. You mean my rap name? Sorry. Yes, your rap name. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just Jake Cunningham. I think existential I... crisis happening here. <laughs> Who <laughs> am I? I think I'd be like Sam Howzit or Sam Howzat. Sam, how's that? How, Sam, how's that? Do you, do you just do cricket-themed raps? <laughs> I don't come get on, that. I don't get, I don't get that. How's that? What? How's that? What's oh, that? come on. <laughs> What's that? What is that? That's what you say in cricket. When, do you? Yes, when, you, when you've got someone out. <laughs> Wait, okay. we just won the World Cup. Yeah, I didn't see anyone go, how's that? After all of that, S <laughs> underscore how's that? <laughs> 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 oh, that's my rap name as well. S, under- S underscore Howlett. Oh, cool. Who is he? All right. Yeah, follow him on there. He's just given Jaws and Hereditary five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please not read out her, uh, letterbox scores? Wait, I'm going to sort what else you've given. Oh, there's going to be some, but I give everything five stars. <laughs> Uh, Beetlejuice is five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Oh, man, you really like hereditary, don't you? Well, I've seen <laughs> six times or something in two months. <laughs> no, your fives aren't that embarrassing. Okay. No, you're fine. All right. Good. Cool. Glad the, right. the section's got on. <laughs> the post. Do you stand by that? Do I get it at five? five yeah. Stars. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, that's a four. Yeah. That's... Easily a four. All right. Can you change it for me or do I have to change it myself? You can't change it. With that How can I stuff. delete someone else's tweet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This has been fun. Uh, we already wrapped up anyway, didn't we? No, I didn't. I still need to say bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.